Hello, everybody, and welcome to the January 20th, 2021 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josie. And ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden has officially been inaugurated. He took the oath at just before noon Eastern Standard Time today. He... What? <laughs> I lost my train of thought immediately. He gave a 25-minute inaugural address. And let me just say, I watched both those things happen, and I am relatively excited, all things considered. And there are still things Trump did last night that we could talk about. We could talk about his impeachment list, which included Steve Bannon, a bunch of drug dealers, and Lil Wayne. Who even is Lil Wayne, side note? And is there a big Wayne I should know about? I don't follow rap. Anyway... But you know what? It's not even worth going on about at this point. There will be time where we talk about that in the future. Don't get me wrong. We will be talking about this administration for years and years and years when we see its impacts on American society. But today is not about Donald Trump. It is about Joe Biden. And his inaugural address, I saw it on live television, and I rewatched it just before recording this. And let me tell you, it's exactly what you'd expect from Joe Biden, including using the word unity 11 separate times. And, you know, it goes to say, because there are all these theories after the Capitol Hill insurrection especially, that Joe Biden is going to institute a harsh police state. This guy can't even drum up the slightest bit of tribalism when there were people on the other side thinking he was going to be arrested today. There were actual QAnon people thinking that Trump was going to send in the military to arrest Joe Biden and he was going to come out as a legitimate president. This is the man who people think are going to run a concentration camp. That's a real theory right now. Not to be confused with the FEMA camp we were warned about during the Obama era. There were people on Fox News talking about how Joe Biden is going to run concentration camps and re-education camps for Republicans, and their evidence is AOC said the word re-educated. That was their evidence. This man is going to be the next Hitler. This man, who cannot muster up any anger to the people who called his son a child molester, to the people who spent months slandering him and his son as Chinese operatives, you know, the people who have smeared this man as a racist and a rapist. And we are supposed to believe, after all of that, after he has not issued so much as a single statement officially calling for anything less than us holding hands and singing Kumbaya, that he is going to be the next Joe Stalin. There's this Internet Hippo tweet that I think summed it up perfectly. It's Joe Biden, 
Listen, I just want to say, I love Republicans. They're my special little guys. I love to hug them and kiss them, but can you guys not do a racist coup? And then a Republican just screams, Oh my God, this man is coming after us with the full force of Mao Zedong! And it's especially startling, because I always knew it was nonsense. Most of the claims that Biden was divisive or was this big authoritarian had always been nonsensical. And I've debunked several of them during the election season. But <laughs> this is the man. The man who still, do you know how popular it would have been if he had officially declared a crush your enemies platform? After the insurrection. That would have been ungodly popular. Okay? There are people begging him to do that. And he refuses to. He says no. No. He came out less than a week later and said that he wants a strong principled opposition. This is the man people think is going to run some kind of massive death camp. You just can't make this up. Just, I know I say that phrase a lot. You can't make this up. I say it because you just can't. You just can't. Biden was incredibly soft in his inaugural address never once mentioning Trump by name. It would have been so easy for him to get a cheap applause by saying something like, the Trump era is over. That would have been so easy to do. He took the high road. He did not do it. This is the nicest man we have seen as president in a very long time. <laughs> and again, the propaganda is he's going to use the Capitol Hill insurrection to turn us into an Orwellian surveillance state. Just wow. And I should also continue to note that they don't want unity. The other side does not actually want unity. They don't. They stormed our capital to install their president. Do you really think they want unity? They painted the president's son as a child molester and the president as a rapist. The current president's son and current president, that being. Those aren't the actions of people who want unity. Those are the actions of people jumping up and down, beating their chest, like gorillas. I assume gorillas jump up and down. I can't confirm that. <laughs> um, so, what is Biden even gaining from talking about this? Outside of... Just his own sense of, this is what he wants. Well, the answer is nothing. Nothing. 
Biden wants a unified nation full of debate regarding politics. And that is the nation he is going to try and foster. You really think this is the man? I keep stressing this point. You people really think this is a brutal authoritarian who has control of the White House now. All of them, of course, want Donald to be a brutal authoritarian, but that's a different topic entirely. No. No, this is a utilitarian at best who just simply wants to sit down and listen to everyone. That was one of the things Biden was praised for when he was vice president. Barack Obama repeatedly praised him for being the man who can offer different points of view on different issues. Again, this is a man attempting to be a unifier. But I think Joe Biden himself summed up the false god of unity, especially with people who don't want to be unified. In one sentence in his inaugural address. Because mind you, unity is not the JFK. We will not be looking for the Republican or the Democrat solution before the correct one. Unity just typically means we find something in the middle of what both sides want. And that's great and all if both sides have a point. To quote Richard Dawkins, if there are two views being expressed with equal intensity, the correct answer is not always in the middle. Sometimes one side is just wrong. And Joe Biden made one reference Two facts, two facts in his entire inaugural address. And that's when he got angry that they were being manufactured, which I do agree with before he told us to unify with each other, regardless of how we view objective reality. I think Joe Biden himself, though, in one sentence in his inaugural address, summed up how most people feel about unity and how he will actually have to govern this nation, if he wants to be sure there is a 2024 for him to be re-elected in. <clears throat> I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. Yeah, you got us there, Joe. You got us there. Anyway, Joe Biden is officially set to sign 17... <laughs> Executive orders on his first day in office. Wow. Oh my god. At least 17 is what I was told. It's more than a dozen, and here's a list of all of them from CNBC. And let me just say, this is already a very ambitious project, just immediately. But l let's read them all. Let's read them all. Um, launch a 100-day masking challenge and leading by example in the federal government. These are all how the Biden transition team described them, which, okay, completely in favor of. Want to know the details of a masking challenge, though? Is it like the state that has the highest mask compliance gets an award? Now, could you imagine... <laughs> Joe Biden saying, okay, whoever wears the most masks in your home state, they get, uh, 
They get a cookie. Yeah, he's gonna buy everyone in a state cookies. <laughs> you just know he's gonna do it. And it would be awesome. I want my Biden cookies, damn it. <laughs> Re-engage the World Health Organization to make Americans and the world safer. Completely in favor of that. And while we're at it, can we stop the idiotic freeze on WHO funding that started during the Reagan years? Yet now, most of WHO funding the U.S. gives is through donations. Seriously. Seriously. And through that, we can earmark specifically what we want, mind you. But it's not really a healthy system when you sit down and think about it. But no, completely in favor of that. WHO does a lot of good. It, mis it mishandled the pandemic and in the past has been too friendly to China. Although that's largely because it's a very large nation they have to act extremely diplomatically with. And I feel like the people who complain about them being in the, uh, being the Chinese operatives are missing the point a little. But you can criticize them for that. And overall, I do agree with that. I do agree they've been too nice in the past. But overall, they do a lot of good, and I would like to see the U.S. continue to be in them. Structure our federal government to coordinate a unified national response to COVID-19. Complete agreement with. Totally. Extend evictions and foreclose moratoriums. This one's a little bit more tricky than a lot of people realize. But overall, if the federal government is demanding that we don't go to work, or state governments are demanding we don't go to work, it makes sense that they would then subsidize the cost for us being forced to stay home. You know, that just makes complete sense. Extend student loan pause, rejoin Paris Climate Agreement on climate change. Truth be told, the Paris Climate Agreement was primarily a smokescreen. It was completely non-binding. First off, it didn't actually give any specific policy recommendations, and even if we are in it, it, it didn't do much. It's a completely symbolic gesture, and one that I do think we're better off with than without, but not really one that's the end-all be-all to climate change. After we got out of the Paris Climate Agreement, we cut our emissions for a year or two in a row, the most of any nation in the world. We did even without it. And multiple U.S. corporations were completely willing to work with the deal or within the deal. So again, not really a point to it, but okay. Roll back President Trump's environmental action in order to protect public health and environment and restore science. I like the phrase restore science, reminding everyone that facts have supremacy over philosophy which needs to be a key point of the Biden administration, that facts are the only thing that matter. That philosophy's great and all, don't get me wrong, but that's how you interpret facts, okay? It doesn't have any say over facts. Philosophical supremacy has no place in the Biden administration. Uh, but with that said, I need to know specifically what's being rolled back before I can decide whether or not I agree with that. Although at the same time, again, just hearing the phrase restore science, that's the kind of language the Biden administration 
needs to use. You know, they, I'm not expecting them to use the phrase philosophical supremacy because I just coined that like two months ago. But I at the very least do expect them to say, we are going to be a fact-based administration, which Biden has said, by the way. Which Biden has directly said. And I'm very happy for that. That is the most symbolic action the administration can do. That's the most cultural action it can do for the better. Um, launch a whole-of-government initiative to advance racial equality. I mean, I like the idea of advancing racial equality, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, or sorry, that's racial equity, not racial equality. Um, I mean, again, I like that idea. Need a little bit more specifics on that before I can get on board. Reverse President Trump's executive order excluding undocumented immigrants from the reappointment court or reappointment black reappropriationment count completely in favor of again it's a symbolic way of saying the Trump era is completely over. You know we're not doing this anti-immigrant game Donald Trump was doing. Preserve and fortify protections for dreamers. Love that idea a lot. Reverse the Muslim ban. Wasn't that supposed to be temporary? <laughs> God, remember when that's what it was? It was the temporary travel ban. Not a Muslim ban, a temporary travel ban. Of course, it wasn't the Muslim ban. It only banned seven countries. None of which were where terrorism was coming from, might I add. But they were just countries that would fight the least. And it was supposed to be a temporary travel ban. And then four years later, no, it's still continuing. <laughs> we had to actively reverse it. Where was the temporary part? Well, it's temporary as in Joe Biden's going to get rid of it. That's how temporary it is, boy. <laughs> Repeal of Trump's interior enforcement executive order. Okay. <laughs> Stop border wall construction. Love that idea. Defer employment uh, departure for Liberans presidential more. What the heck? Okay, I need to. <laughs> I have the giggles right now. I'm sorry. That that temporary travel ban joke was so amazing. It caused me to start laughing at my own joke for like a minute on end. <laughs> okay, divert enforced departure for Liberians presidential memorandum. I probably pronounced that wrong. I don't care anymore. It's a country in Africa. Donald Trump said we didn't want people from and Biden's like screw it. We're we're letting them come here. Uh preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Like that idea. Like that idea quite a bit. Executive branch personnel ethics executive order. Also, also like the idea. Want to know exactly what it is. Regulatory process executive order and presidential um, mortarimum, mortimum, memoratum. I don't care how things are pronounced anymore. If you are listening to this podcast, you know I don't really care how things are pronounced. Okay? This has been clear since day one. 
I th- <laughs> and I don't mean day one as in today. I mean day one as in day one of this podcast. So most of these things I'm behind. The rest I need more details on. But this is how the Biden administration is going to start. And let me just say, if this is how we're starting, 17 executive orders in a single day. It's like I've been saying the entire time, Joe Biden is going to do something big. Okay? And if he's really pushing, like, ethics executive orders, big things are going to happen. And we are going to find out in the up-and-coming months. God, I, was, I know I was just ranting about his inauguration speech and how he seemed to be really weak during it. The more I think about it, the more I think, I just don't think he wanted to show his power level quite yet. I don't think, I, that's what I think is going on. We are going to find out in the up-and-coming months why they did not want Joe Biden in office, okay? We are going to find out why they fought harder to keep him out of office than they had for any president in U.S. history that eventually made it to office, at least. I am being dead serious when I say that. Big things are going to happen. And, and Joe Biden, by the way, does believe he is governing for all Americans when he does those things. Because he knows he's screwing us. He does. He knows he's screwing us, and he is going to fight them. I'm going to promise you that right now. I have good feeling about the next four years. I really do. I really do. And the reason why I have those feelings is just because they fought so hard to keep this man out of office. And he won't tell you. He's a little mad at them. Now, he's not mad at the Americans who voted for them. He is mad at the politicians, though, and he will be keeping an eye on them. <laughs> and we are going to see an agenda push forward that's going to be something else. That's all I'm going to say on the topic. That's all I'm going to say. There's a reason they're pushing him as a senile old man. Because that man is more aware than most 78-year-olds. I don't know many 78-year-olds, so I don't know how aware they are on average. But he is so aware, he knows who his enemies are, he's going to be fighting them. I promise you that. Anyway, last thing for tonight. Um, Now, I don't go after Sean Hannity very often. And that's not because he isn't awful. It's the fact he is. It's because I just can't stand him. But with that said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know if you heard, but Sean and Mitch broke up. (laughs) Yes, from Mediate, Sean Hannity calls for new Senate GOP leadership after Mitch McConnell says Trump provided riots or provoked riots, which is an objective fact, by the way, establishment has no backbone. And really, when you're looking at Mitch McConnell, the obstructionist and chief, the man who has not let a single... There, there's an entire stack of bills on McConnell's desk that's like, multiple thousands of pages that he won't introduce in the Senate. And you guys might remember this. He even said at one point that, yeah, there's just a bunch of bills on my desk. Admitted that on the floor of the Capitol. 
not, and we're going to introduce them, or not that we're going to put a vote on them and I'm going to vote against them, just we're not going to introduce them at all. Ever. Ever again. No, you can't. You can't. Um, here is, <laughs> and when that guy's not enough of a douchebag for you, you know you're a douchebag. Here's what happened. Sean Hannity erupted on Mitch McConnell Thursday night for saying that President Donald Trump provoked the violent riots on the Capitol building. On the eve of the Trump departure from office, Hannity sent a message to soon-to-be minority leader McConnell and other establishment Republicans. Establishment Republicans, by the way, just means Republican who's let me down. You know, nobody ever gets accused of establishment Republican. When they're in power, Sean has never once called McConnell a squishy establishment Republican while he's in office. He's never once done that. Or while he's majority leader, I should say. He made sure this guy was majority leader. You know, just before the 2018 midterms, he was listing Democrats that his audience needs to vote out of office to make sure McConnell got an even stronger majority. And by the way, we all know that if a new majority leader comes in and they don't do literally everything Hannity wants, they're just going to be spineless, too. That's how it works. That's how it always works. That's why Mitt Romney's one of the spineless ones now. In 2008, he was the true conservative alternative to John McCain. Then, in 2012, actually, it's Rick Santorum who's the true conservative. Or Herman Cain. Or Newt Gingrich or Michelle Bachman. And that, by the way, that didn't stop all those people from voting for him. Just want to note that. But that's a different topic entirely. Same thing he did with Paul Ryan. You know, Paul Ryan was a true conservative fighter. Then he left Speaker of the House and immediately he's a squish. That, that's how this works. You know, you don't actually criticize them. When in office, you do nothing but sycophantically follow them and then get surprised when they don't do anything that you want after you said they've done enough. That's the Republican method. Just bitch. Uh, he called them spineless and... Fearful for the condemnation of the president over the riots and asked why McConnell hasn't spoken out against combative rhetoric from Democrats. He has. By the way, just, just so you guys know, that's utterly bullshit. Behold, find the one thing I'll defend Mitch McConnell over. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. You broke up. You created a peaceful globalist review record. You are the only person who has ever gotten me to defend Mitch McConnell. How do you feel? Establishment Republicans have no backbone, no principles, no courage, no vision. I say that about all Republicans. That sentence is one word too long, dude. Too many politicians in D.C. are just too willing to go along get along, and protect the swamp. One of the last things Trump did when he was in office is reverse his five-year lobbying ban on former government officials. Just so you know. He also pardoned tons of corrupt politicians, many of them Democrats, which is what surprised me. 
including the former mayor of Detroit. And he continued, and that is why conservatives like myself are tired of these empty promises. I'm sure that veterans charity feels the same way, Sean. <laughs> and your rehearsed speeches and a never getting anything done. He went so far as to say the Senate GOP needs new leaders. Uh, we need new leadership in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, and the new leader's name is Chuck Schumer. <laughs> you can represent the people of Kentucky. Oh, thank God. You're at least letting him do that. You're showing basically right now that you're the king of establishment Republicans. Again, funny you didn't have these complaints when it would have actually mattered. Do you know how effective it would have been if Handy had come out here, not even going as far back as 2014 when Republicans took control of the Senate, or even as far back as, I think it was 08, McConnell became minority leader, McConnell first became leader. Do you know how easy it would have been for Sean, and at that point, Handy was huge. Okay, like, I remember seeing McCain rallies where, where Hattie was like this rock star. Especially around that time period. Like, he was the rock star of the RNC, which is a stupid thing. Which is a stupid thing to be, might I add. And, by the way, I'm even saying he's more of a rock star than Ted Nugent, because, let's be real here, Ted Nugent sang one song 40 years ago. He also shit himself to get out of Vietnam. Did you guys know that? I know that. <laughs> you know, do you know how big it would have been if Hannity had said, listen, McConnell's not the person the Republican Senate should have as their leader. Uh, they need to pick. And then he says, I don't know, who would someone Hannity would get down with? Chuck Grassley. We'll just say Chuck Grassley. That would have been big, and there would be a serious chance of them changing it. But no, now he's waiting until McConnell's almost done with power. In 2014, he could have done that. He could have said, no, he's not a good majority leader, you should pick someone else. He could have done that in 2018, even. He didn't, because he's a coward. He had to wait until McConnell was no longer the one leading the Senate Republicans before he criticized them. And I promise you, the second Biden actually starts doing something, McConnell will be back to a brave warrior standing up. And we need to make sure in 2022 he becomes Senate Majority Leader. Give me a break. Because that's how this game works. That's how it works with people like Sean Hannity. And, you know... I wondered for years, because even if I were a conservative, or even if I were talking to a conservative, and he was like, what are some people who uh, you think represent my views? I wouldn't list Sean Hannity as one of them. And I'm not saying he's not a true believer. He absolutely is. But if you want, like, an actual thought leader, then I guess he's okay if you don't feel like changing the radio station after Rush is on. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Hannity only got popular because conservatives didn't want to change the channel. On TV, he was, he was the guy on after Bill O'Reilly. Now he's the guy on after Tucker Carlson. 
That's his whole career on television. He was on after the O'Reilly Factor for 20 years. Now he's on after Tucker Carlson tonight. And on radio, he was on after Rush Limbaugh. That is Sean Hannity's career. That's the, the reason he didn't go after McConnell when he was actually majority leader was because he needed permission to. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. We know the George W. Bush administration was giving notes to, the, to Fox News. We know that. We also know that Donald Trump has been buddying around with Hannity for four years now. Or for even longer than that. But let's just... I, I don't know how else to respond to this other than what do you expect? You built him up for years now. Didn't say anything. Then the second he leaves, and again, we know... He's going to change his mind right back the second Biden actually does something. He'll never call McConnell a squish when McConnell's fighting with him. That would actually make him look principled. That would actually make him look like a serious commentator. You know, you won't get a, yeah, you know, I don't think he's perfect, but he's on the right issue. No, it's either all or nothing. And typically, the all or nothing is, what do I last remember you doing with Sean Hannity? Okay. Hmm. And frankly, have always had and remain having contempt for President Trump. Then, again, why didn't you say anything? But more importantly, the 75 million Americans that voted for him. Oh, give me a break, Sean. Hannity retained he doesn't think a single Republican should give the impeachment trial a second thought. So that's the breakup. I expect them to get back together tonight, if not tomorrow. Because that's Sean Hannity for you. Every time he shows even the most mild criticism towards Republicans, it always goes away a night after when his, when his masters tell him, Sean, you can't do that. And he says, okay, and nods his empty fucking head. <laughs> That's our show, and good night.